Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Jeremy, and oh, that sounds absolutely insipid. Um, I hate that. You're like, blah, I should leave that in there. <laughs> All right, so Chris is laughing at me because I'm stumbling over my introduction. My name is still Jeremy, and this is still Fluff and Crunch, and um, we have another episode for you. Chris? Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Chris. Uh, I'll just go quickly. What have I been doing in the last week? Um, I, I mean... I finished my Fallout game. When I say finished, because here in the UK, we're now going to have gone from last week where we couldn't do games at other people's houses to this week we can. Um, I deliberately had it in the back of my mind. I wanted to finish that off. So I finished off our little Fallout thing. I think it ended up being about four sessions, but they found a car which got them to a boat and the boat took them to Hawaii, which I decided in Fallout World was, you know, wonderful paradise. Uh, and they all lived happily ever after. But you brought it to a close because you have real-world factors change. And so that, I, I like that. That that makes sense. Yeah, we'll actually be able to play in person. I played in, in person uh, with some friends where I'm a player in a 5th edition game that our GM is using the ancient uh, D20 EverQuest books mm-hmm. to... Um, to indulge in his his memories of playing EverQuest for far too many years. And so it's been fun. Uh, it's a lot of hack and slash, which 5e is pretty good at, at providing at a, you know, a low level of complexity. So that's what I had last week, and I've got more of that in two days. Good stuff. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about combat in the two die 20 systems with some examples from some of the settings in how the rules are a little bit different, but also to our main purpose here is to lay a good foundation for what, what's the universal. Um, and obviously, you know, combat, it, we, in any system, it's going to resolve whether or not you hit, what happens in, uh, as a result of that, and how much damage, uh, and what happens to the, the target. Um, and obviously, 2-die-20 determines that as, as well, all those things. But... Chris, why don't you give us an overview? Tell me, because you, I think you've actually, you have run this game more often than I have recently. It does still fall down to the same as most things. So th- there'll be an initiative thing. Um, initiative varies. Usually initiative in most uh, 2D20 games will be players go first, uh, either probably in whatever order they want, and then, and then the GM goes. Now, it's not always the case, so again straight away fallout for example actually you have initiative stat and so your initiative is decided by that but i think with the exception that mostly it's players go first and gm goes first and if we if we think back to last week when we talked about threat one of the threat spends for a gm is to say no one of my guys is going before you so the gm can go right you're going first but then go oh no i'm jumping in this time one of my guys is going to go quickly so that's so that's a good use of how threat feeds into this combat Something else I think is important too, and this is really different from a lot of other games. I mean, Fallout being the exception here, but in all the all the settings that I've played in this, and this is important, I think, and this is something that players kind of, it, it's something novel to them, whether all the players go and then all the NPC go, NPCs go, like in Conan, unless the GM decides to jump in using threat, the order in which the PCs go is up to the players. 
and that can vary from round to round. So even if it's like Star Trek where you alternate, you go player, NPC, player, NPC, the order in which they go is is entirely based on choice at the table. And that's I think that's as a norm, that's pretty unique in games. It is, and it's really important. So like a lot of other games will have to put in a, a delay mechanic or a ready mechanic. But here, because you're choosing the order anyway, that's that's not an issue. It doesn't need a special rule. Um, you know, it's useful, therefore, if a player who wants to go and get into a defensive position or they want to build up momentum for the next player, it means that, you know, they can do it in that order. Um, so that's how initiative working. The actual combat role is the same as kind of already going over. You, you choose what you're doing. So, you know, melee or, or you're shooting someone and exactly the same as in all other, uh, as, as in the normal 2D20 system, you are rolling against your combat stat. And it will be an opposed role where the enemy will roll against, potentially, it depends what it is, but they might be rolling. If it's a melee thing, you'll be rolling your attack and they'll be the rolling their melee combat thing to defend. And if you get more successes than their successes, you hit. And then, of course, because it's 2d20, how much you beat them by is the momentum. So if I roll five successes and the other guy rolls three successes, you beat him by two, you get two momentums. You've hit, you're going to roll damage. And then you've got momentum straight away that you can spend on the on your damage roll. I think it's it's interesting that like in Conan, I was rereading the Conan uh, combat rules, and and Conan combat you can either attack melee, ranged, or um, you can intimidate. Yeah, like doing a, what they call a display in Conan, like hacking off the head of an enemy and waving it at its 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 friends is actually an attack. It's in a table. It does mental damage. Um, how you decide to attack will also determine whether like the, the the base difficulty and also in some of the systems conan being an example where when you do a melee attack the default is a um is a difficulty one and so you think wait a minute that's it's just a default that has nothing to do with your target well these systems, whenever there's armor, armor and to hit probability are separated. Armor is damage reduction. It's not lumped in like AC where armor prevents you from being hit. Armor prevents you from being damaged. It doesn't prevent you from being hit. But um, in the Conan system and some of the others with, with Mei Li, you can choose as a player or the NPC could choose to react to the attack. And then they roll a skill roll. Like in Conan, you have a parry skill. And so if someone attacks you with an axe, you can choose to parry it. And there's a threat cost that you pay to the GM to essentially take a reaction on your turn. That doesn't screw around with your ability to act when your turn comes up. But so sometimes there are contested roles if you if the uh, target of the attack decides to react or there's just this, this base difficulty. And something else I find interesting with ranged, ranged weapons have an ideal range. Yeah. And if you fire farther than that range, the difficulty increases. But if you fire at a target closer than that, the difficulty increases. I'm lousy with a bow. I'm decent with a pistol. I'm pretty good with a rifle in, in the real world. And I recognize that there are some weapons are optimized for a certain amount of distance. And if you go closer than that or farther than that, that's when things get dicey. And this is the only system I've ever experienced where range combat is expressed in that way. It works really well. So like I've got, what I've been playing Fallout recently, having the players like realized, oh, actually, our weapons are only uh, useful at close. So we need to keep moving towards the enemy. But then if the enemies are at medium, they're sort of, they're trying to back off. So you've got kind of this funny 
sort of cat and mouse thing going on, people running around trying to get into the right range of people. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas a rifle, a rifle is not going to be good in close quarters. Yeah. A rifle is better at medium or, or longer range and, and longbows and things like that. So I thought, that, I think that's an interesting aspect of this. Yeah. And like you said, the, the fact that the, the different systems will have the different attacks. So like with Infinity, you do have four kind of basic kinds of tanks. It's the same as Conan, you've got ranged attacks and you've got close combat attacks and you've got sort of the intimidation persuade type which they call psy war but it's just a fancy name for saying you're doing a mental thing then of course in that we also have hacking and the hacking still works exactly the same way you're going to make a hacking role and the enemy person they're going to try and deny that with a hacking role as well so the principle is still the same even though we've got different kinds of attacks going on um, we still have this same principle. Um, again, in terms of this, Fallout ends up being an exception because Fallout uses has an actual defense stat. And as far as I know, that's the only that's the only uh, 2D20 system that's got that. So you don't roll an opposed roll there. You always roll against a fixed difficulty. Um, but that's, that's the only game that has, uh, has done that so far. All of the other ones were on this opposed roll, which, which works well because it means... You, you can like, have a character that's nimble and you can dodge out of the way. Or like you said, if you're in Conan, you've got a parry, so you can use parry to, to, to counter it. But it depends on your character is what kind of defenses you can use against certain, uh, against certain attacks anyway. I've heard this as a complaint over the years, and I've, I've actually felt it myself depending on the system, but that opposed attack role systems tend to be a little bit slower or they have the potential to be a little bit slower because you're not just saying, hey, it's AC 15 or it's DC 12 or something like that. You just throw a number at the player, the player rolls and they let you know uh, whether they're successful or not. In the case of this, how much momentum they've generated. But um, I've, I, I haven't found this to slow things down. Even when I'm the GM and I'm rolling for, for NPCs, I found that the stat blocks in the various books uh, make it pretty clear what I need to do. Um, so then it's just an issue of, like you said, comparing momentum and uh, if the player, uh, if the person who, if the character that initiated the struggle uh, ha- wins, you know, you subtract the momentum of the other one and they're left with some. If they're, I believe in most of the systems, if they both roll the same, it's the initiator that wins. Yeah, because I think that, in that sense, it's usually the, the defender is almost sort of set in the difficulty and therefore the attackers match the difficulty and they've done it. But, it'll depend on how like you said it's it's how it's it's who's doing the action and who's reacting to it i think the most complicated part of this is not the to hit because that's you know that that's pretty simple it's straightforward you have the difficulty we know what the core mechanic is if you've got momentum what kinds of things can you do with momentum say you're the player you you attack in some way shape or form what kinds of things could you do with momentum just as a reminder so the the, the, the easiest one and usually like the standard one for combat momentum is just having extra dice i've got three momentum i want to roll three extra dice on my when i make my damage roll and that's the e that's the easiest thing that's what most people go with um the two other main kind of ones that will often sell three um things like called shots so not in all the systems because not all the systems have hit locations i think we're about less than half do but if we're in infinity or fallout or conan which do have where your armor is in different places and therefore it matters um then there's often like a cold shot thing so i can spend some momentum to make sure i I hit the head or that i hit the arm because that's the place i want to hit Um, so that's that's one spend Um, another one is often hitting a second target 
So, you know, this could be Conan. I swing with my axe and I don't just hit one guy. I hit the guy next to him. Um, and most of them also have like a whole second attack thing. Usually that has a penalty of the difficulty on that attack will go up. And also momentum-wise, that's quite expensive. Um, but again, at least it's it, it's an option in the game. If you get a crazy roll and generate some silly amount of momentum, it's entirely possible to say, well, I'm going to hit the first guy with a bit of extra damage and I'm going to hit a guy next to him and then I'm going to do a whole nother attack roll as well. Um, and that doesn't happen in you know many other systems. Other systems, it'd be you'd have to have a, a feat or a talent that lets you do that up front. And you probably won't get that till a later level either. Yeah, I actually had that uh, last year. I played a few sessions of Conan, a friend of mine ran, and my character... We had a bunch of momentum that we had built up. And so he had vaulted over this wall of a small fortress onto the roof of a building within it. And um, I had I had a round like that where, you know, using his axe, he hacked down one. And I, I had only targeted one, but I generated so much momentum and there was a little bit left in the pool. I decided to just get crazy with it and then spent to do extra damage, dropping the one that I'd initially hit hitting the other one because I'd done so much that it passed on a bunch of damage and dropped that one. And then I used the extra to create another action and jumped off the roof to prepare myself to engage some guys down on the ground. And so, you know, we've used the word cinematic to describe this system. And, and I found that the momentum spends built into combat, you know, you just, you just have this picture in your mind of, Oh, how cool this could be of what my guy is doing. And then you can, you can quantify that through those momentum spends. You can, I mean, I'm looking at the table in my Octum Cthulhu rulebook right now, and I see momentum spends to disarm, momentum spends to uh, knock an opponent down or push them back. All, there are all kinds of options. Yeah, I think that the fact that, and, and it's not a big list, it's a relatively small list of things you can do. Right. And, but again, you don't have to use them all. If, you, if you're just starting off playing and you're not really wanting to learn how to do it, it is still very easy to go, right, we'll stick to two. You either do extra damage or you keep the momentum for the next guy. And, and then that's it. If you want to play into other things, yeah, there's all these cool things you can do. And you'll have characters that will have talents that will make some of these easier. So uh, looking at the Infinity Book and there was a talent that if you chose to do the cold shot, you spent less momentum to do that. And there's some talents that if you hit someone, you automatically generate a point of momentum. So you're always getting sort of momentum if you hit it. So the, the talent system will feed really well into, into how this combat system works as well. Now, what about damage? Uh, physical, mental, or whatever. This is where, uh, you know, the two die 20 I have found confuses some people. Do I add them together is always the question I get. <laughs> but the little die six damage dice uh, initially, ten they look that it, the system seems a bit opaque. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say initially, I, when I first played this, I didn't have any special damage dice until we used our own, which was fine because again, it was the initial ones were only a one is one damage, a two is two damage, and a six is a, a special effect. Um, and I've got plenty of dice with like special symbols for the sixes, so it was easy enough to go right. Well, I will use a bunch of them and. One is one, two is two, forget three, four, and five. Um, where it got complicated, at that point then, I managed to buy some, I think I bought some Mutant Chronicles dice, loads of them, dirt cheap, so I had proper dice. Um, strangely then, between Infinity, which is, works exactly the same as, as uh, Mutant Chronicles, and Conan, they decided to change it so that fives were also 
the special effects, which means I, my Mutant Chronicles dice didn't work anymore. And any dice I had with special symbols didn't work anymore either. Um, so for a while, that was it. And that is the one where if you haven't got the speciality dice, it's annoying more than it's complicated. It's still relatively easy to do. A one is one damage. A two is two damage. And a five or a six is an effect. The one other thing they've changed in all of the recent games is that the, the effect is also a damage. Uh, and so, but that was just a, a simple tweak. But again, it's relatively similar. So a, a weapon now will literally be, so like a pistol will be a four or five combat dice. And so if you roll five combat dice and you get, you might get a one, a two, let's say we get one, two, three, four, five, nice and easy. Okay, that's what we roll on our five dice. Well, for a start, the, the three and the four are blanks. So what we're actually getting is one on one damage for the one, two damage for the two, and the five is a special feature which may or may not do anything, and another one. So we've done four damage. So it's not okay. Yeah, it's not as straightforward as rolling a, a, a you know a d8 for my warhammer in 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 d and d, and I do x amount of damage. But there's multiple things going on here. So the first thing is I get to roll lots of dice, and everyone likes rolling lots of dice. And the second thing is is that we've got these effects things. So if I roll an effect symbol, it'll mean something, and that could be dependent on either. The, the character themselves having special abilities, or it could be dependent on the weapon. Yeah, and I I had not, uh, I have Mutant Chronicles, I have Infinity, I have not played them. So all of the versions of this that I've played have it as it is now. One is one, two is two, three and four are nothing. Five and six do one, plus it triggers an effect. And so some of these effects are things like piercing, which gets around armor. Every For every effect that you roll, it reduces the armor damage reduction by one and so you know you can by virtue of rolling those you end up getting around armor i mean there's all kinds of different effects from different weapons and it varies by game but then you still do that that one so i haven't had that issue with i didn't even remember that actually yeah so this is one i've got some examples of my recent fallout games so in about our, i think it was about our third session they literally walk around with pistols so so scott had a pistol which didn't it didn't have any effects and um, Brian had something which has a laser one which had something called burst on it. And in that, it meant if they rolled the effects, they were doing damage, but nothing. Scott's gun wasn't doing anything special. He had like a, a, a 10 millimeter gun and he's doing a bit of damage, nothing special. Um, and when Brian rolled an effect, it gave him burst. And burst was you hit another character next to the original character, um, I think for, for half damage, because it was the idea, was, I think it was like a spread laser type of thing. So that was quite handy. The, the burst, the, the effect of doing something, you can see what they're doing. Now, then at the end of that session, they met a guy who they and they had a, a workbench and they were able to upgrade their guns. And so both of them put, I think one at Scott bought a new gun, which had Vicious on it. Uh, and Brian upgraded his gun and put Vicious on. Now, Vicious is pretty cool because Vicious is effects do extra damage. So then I've had roles when the last week where so I think this was this was perfect example from Brian. So Brian, his base gun is four damage. So I saw he should only be rolling four dice, but he's got a talent that says if he hits, he gets an extra combat dice. Um, he spent some momentum, an extra two from that. And then uh, in that, in a lot of these systems, he has you have something called ammo. Now, this will vary massively between systems. Some do not have anything like this at all, and some do. And it's basically a way that you can spend something to get an extra effect out of your guns. Uh, in, in some of these, it's extra dice, and some of these extra combat dice. So in this case, what should have been a basic gun for four, because he spent a couple of his other resources, he actually rolled 10 dice. He got seven on the damage plus three effects with vicious. That was 10 damage. Um, and 10, um, as you might go into in a bit, uh, 10's kind of like a, a big thing. It's interesting. The, the ammo rules in this are actually really abstract. Mm. And that's 
pretty much all the ones, well, not pretty much, it is all the versions that I've played. Ammunition for ranged weapons is abstract. Uh, and if you decide to, in Conan, fire a volley of arrows, or in uh, Octum Cthulhu, a salvo from your, your weapon, it's assumed that you're, you only have just so many of those. That's the only armor, or not armor, hello, the only ammo that you quantify is the number of salvos or volleys you fire. Otherwise, it's assumed you're carrying enough bullets or arrows or whatever to keep shooting as long as you're firing just one at a time. It's really, um, it's very much like 80s action movie yeah. kind of thing. Like the weapons never run out of ammunition unless there's interesting dramatic effect for it. And those always trigger some kind of like an Octun Cthulhu. All the firearms, when you fire a salvo, trigger vicious, which means that when you roll those fives or sixes, instead of just doing one damage, it does two, which piles up really quickly. And then some of the other weapons, like I'm again, I'm looking at Octun Cthulhu right now. Some of the explosives, their their <laughs> um, qualities are things like vicious or piercing. Um, you know, I got an anti tank weapon that every effect is piercing and vicious. And so it, it's going to get through armor and it's going to do more damage. So if there's one bit, uh, uh, I'd say a, a fiddly piece of these systems that, um, that I've seen, not slow things down, but it just it requires that characters and GMs have the things that are relevant to the, the characters they're using. You've got to have your weapon effects like on your character yeah. sheet and you have to have what those things mean because paging through a book and figuring out like what is... You know, what does persistent damage, what does that do? You just have to. So if there's one thing, a recommendation, I would, whatever you're playing, look up those those uh, effects and add, or qualities rather, and add them to your sheet so that you know, so you don't slow things down. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, think I tend to have sheets printed with sort of the weapon qualities and the weapon effects yep. all on one sheet so that they're there to reference. But it, it tends to be the, the the main ones that come up again and again. So by now, we... Vicious is always the same, and and piercing is always the same in, in across all the different systems. So, so that's not been an issue. Yeah, it's when there's a weird one. So, again, back to our Fallout game last week. Um, uh, they came up against a a ghoul who was running a, a fried chicken shop. Rats, not fried chickens, because they asked about his, they asked about the wrong business. And he got very upset. And he pulled a shotgun on them, uh, and shotguns, as it turns out, have a spread quality. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. So I looked it up in the book uh, and spread was, it sort of did for every effect, it hit another location and the guide rolled three effects. So as well as getting hit where he got hit in one arm, he got hit in another three locations and took the half damage to all those. And so he went from sort of 15 health down to, I think he was down to one with one shot from a shotgun, which is pretty realistic from a close up shotgun blast. But yeah, that was uh that was surprising and <laughs> almost took out one of the players in sort of one go. Now, what about the effects of damage? Because this is also an area where initially, I'll fully admit, I was when I was reading Conan, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it for a while. Octon Cthulhu, I think, did a much better job of explaining it. Star Trek, much better job of explaining it. But all the weapons do damage whether they call it stress or whatever, there's a word, we'll just use damage. They do damage, it's a, it's a number. And that number, what do you do with it as a player or as a GM to your NPCs? You did seven points of damage to somebody using something. So again, it varies system to system, but the general call will be you have some kind of health stat. Now, if we're talking about physical damage, you will usually have a physical health stat, um, which won't be massive. It'll be maybe only sort of 10. And so if you take, if you take seven in one hit, that's a big, and you're, 
you're down to three left. If you take another one, you go down to zero. Now you can't go negative. This isn't this isn't one of those games where you can go negative, but getting to zero matters. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, five matters. So most of these systems, uh, I think acting as field does, but it has less. You tend to have some kind of wound thing. Now it sounds like this is really complicated. Now we've got we've got damage and wounds, but again. If you look at these character sheets, the character sheets that Modifi has done generally are, are very, very good. And they're nice and straightforward to sit. And Wounds is just a checkbox thing. So usually in the original games, you could usually take five wounds. And it was relatively straightforward. If you go down to zero, you take a wound. And if you take five, five damage in one hit, that's another wound. So with our first guy there who's taken seven, he took a wound from taking that seven damage. Um, if he then goes down to zero on the next time he's hit, now he's got two wounds. Uh, any time from now on, he takes any more damage unless he's healed because he's already at zero. He will take another wound. So you can go down to you can go down to zero, and you can keep playing. You can't. You're not. You're not knocked out. You're not making death rolls or anything like that. But you're in trouble because every single time you take a hit when you're at zero health, you are going. You are going to take another wound. And for a PC, five wounds is going to be no. That is it. Now you're dead. Um, for an NPC, it will vary. So you'll have sort of three. You'll usually have three things of NPCs. One will be at zero at zero health damage, whatever. They're dead. And you don't worry about wounds at all, which is most of the guys, which is handy because then the GM isn't. You can easily juggle groups of bad guys without worrying about it. And then you'll have other ones who have say three wounds. So when they've only taken a few hits, they go down, which means combat actually tends to be pretty, pretty quick and pretty lethal. Yeah, I, I agree about the character sheets. I just called up, uh, I'm looking at some of the character sheets from one of the, the Star Trek Adventures quick starts, and Star Trek has one stress track. Octum Cthulhu also just has combined stress, whereas Conan separates it into mental and, and physical. And depending on the nature of the damage, you would start checking off those boxes, or with these systems where it's combined, you check off those boxes. Um, yeah, five is always bad. And, and also remember that armor is... Armor causes damage reduction. Armor and cover cause damage reduction. So if you take seven points of damage, but your armor ablates three of them, you only took four points, which means you don't take a wound. You don't take this thing that actually is going to uh, have a, a mechanical effect on you in most cases. I, I've described this to people as, you know, a character can be killed either killed or felled either by a couple of, or depending on the nature of the character, one really big blow or death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. Because if you have a stress of, let's say, 13 in Star Trek and you take three points, three points, three points, four points, you never in any of those took five points and therefore took a wound. But the moment you get to zero, you take one point. Like you said, you now have a wound. Yeah. Um, all the systems too, I like the fact that they all give you a way in limited supply to get out of experiencing that. Like Star yeah. Trek, once per scene, you can say, I'm going to ignore the effects of a wound. That is, I'm not going to be knocked out. And Conan, you can sacrifice armor. If you get hit there, you can say, it just destroyed my shield completely. And it eats up enough of that damage that maybe you don't take the wound, which in Conan... I believe, I remember correctly, each wound, each five-point block that you take... Um, it increases your difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. Octone Cthulhu does the same thing. I think it's something that varies between whether it increases your difficulty or increases your complication range. So mm -hmm. that's the one where, because obviously if it's suddenly, so some games generally, you're, I've seen games where when you're wounded, 
you have a minus to all of your rolls, which suddenly you get this death spiral of like, well, now you can't do anything because your your attacks got worse. You're missing everything. Um, most of the these things, rather than your death go going up, it's, we have this thing called the complication range, which if we remember right back to start, 20 is a complication. So if you've got a wound, now it's 19 to 20. And then on the next one, it'll be 18, 19, 20, which means it's more likely bad. You're going to mess up your roles and bad stuff's going to happen to you. But that's not the same as everything you're doing is, you know, you're still, your target numbers are staying the same and so on. Because otherwise it just, it becomes, you know, it stops being fun essentially. Yeah, I think Octane Cthulhu has an interesting approach. They have, you know, a single combined stress track and you take either mental or physical, what they call injuries. So if you take five points of damage all at once, you're supposed to write it down. There's three boxes and you can only take three injuries before you are knocked out or beaten rather. That That's the term they use. And you mark this as a mental or physical. And when I ran the quick start a couple months ago, if someone took a physical injury, I said, okay, and this was just my fiat decision at the table. Okay, so you, you've you been, you know, there, an explosion, a grenade went off near you and you got peppered in, in shrapnel. Okay, that's a physical wound. So you mark that down, peppered in shrapnel, they write that down so it's descriptive in that injury box. And they put a P in there to note that it is physical. And then I said, okay, everything physical you do or anything that's going to take long concentration, just add difficulty one. That was just my my call at the table because I thought, you know what, if I had a bunch of little pieces of steel stuck in me and I'm kind of bleeding out through little holes, I'm not in danger of dying, but I'm really in a lot of pain. That is going to affect me. On the other hand, if you take mental wounds from seeing something gibbering in the darkness or whatever, you um, you know, that would affect you in a different way. And each of the systems then has a, a way that I think Conan is, it's five, right? Your PCs can take five wounds or is it, and yeah. Octone Cthulhu, it's yeah, only five. three. Star Trek, you yeah. only take one, but then you're just knocked out. You're not dead because yeah, Star Trek, dead. remember, nobody, no one ever dies in Star Trek. Unless it's a red shirt and a disintegration. Unless it's a red shirt or Klingons or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I had a hard time initially getting my head around the Conan system. And it was it was really more an issue of terminology than anything else because they use the word wound and harm and trauma and all these different things. But once you recognize, look, I'm just, I'm tracking these points and a five point block is going to have an effect on me. It's gonna actually cause something mechanical to get in my way of you know future actions, or I just pile up enough points and, and I'm gonna get felled finally. Uh, once I figured that out, it 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 all made sense. We've we've said that in the past that some of the, the the initial books weren't as well written as the newer ones. Like Fallout's very very clearly written, and Act on Cthulhu is very clearly written. Um, it is worth pointing out again that not as usual two D twenties what they like doing. Not all the systems work exactly the same way. So Fallout, you do not have any wounds. If you get to zero, you're you're basically dying. Um, you're reduced to what you can do and someone has to heal you. But you do have sort of the five still matter in that. So if you get if you get a five on someone, that's called a critical. And it'll be things like if it's on your hand, you drop your weapon. If it's in your leg, you're prone. If it's in your head, you're stunned because it has hit locations. So the five still matter there. Um, the other one that, again, doesn't have any of these kind of things is Dishonored, which is a massive... I mean, I haven't played, but I've read the book enough, um, which Dishonored doesn't have the combat dice at all you you have really small dice things with with damages and you just have one stress track again but with no wounds um so again it 
it's this thing we keep saying that 2D20 does a really good job of, we're going to change the game to match the property that we're working with, to match the setting. Uh, and also they're learning over time. So things are becoming a bit more sort of street. I think more streamlined is the way we're going. I don't think we'll see another game as complicated as say Mutant Chronicles, but at the same time, Fallout is in a lot of ways the most complicated game we've seen since maybe Conan, but in other ways it's simpler. So, you know, they, they've, they're on a roll now. They know what they're doing. You know, I just thought of something in, in, in what you were just saying, what we're talking about. I recommend that if you want to get your head around the, the core, the foundation of the combat system in this, I would download the, uh, the Octone Cthulhu Quick Start. Because the, the basic combat system, everything that we just described, how do you hit, what happens when you hit, what happens, you know, the, the different weapon effects and qualities and that kind of thing, and then damage and what does damage do. I think Octon Cthulhu is, as we've said, it's that, it's that balance point between the, the far fluffier versions like John Carter and Dune and Dishonored and the crunchier stuff like, like Infinity and, and, um, and Conan but it does a nice job of explaining how this, I would just do that. Even if you have no intention of ever playing Octone Cthulhu, if you want to get your head around this combat system and see if it's something that you'd want to try out. That's the free quick start that I would download and read because I think that'll make a lot of sense to you. Yeah, I think considering they have quick starts for most of their things, there's a good place to start. And a lot of people said a lot of good things about the uh, the Klingon one that came out recently. I haven't, again, haven't played it, but I've seen a lot of people online saying that's that's a really good one. It's got good adventure and, and the rules make really good sense. Um, Wait, is there a, I know, I, I have the rule book. Are you, t is there a quick start yeah, for that? Yeah, there's a quick start for the, for the Klingon. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. So, yeah, have a look at that. I will. But yeah, the, the quick starts are handy because you're not having to make your own characters. You can just sort of just get in and, and get a hang of the rules. Uh, and if at first you're kind of finding the rules a bit odd and are not quite there, then I think we've kind of said this in the past, ha have a look at another one of them. Because certainly for me, I mean, we both started reading beta rules, which were, you know, they Dreadful. were... Dreadful. <laughs> yeah, they, they Let's just them, say it. Yeah, they were not well written. They were even worse than the core books. But, you know, that's what they were meant to be. They were just trying to test out rules and how things worked. And a lot of stuff didn't make sense. But once you'd read, like, you know, Infinity didn't make any sense till I'd also read Conan. And then I could go back and play Infinity. Um, and that's not, it doesn't sound like a great selling point. But this is, you know, this is when there were no actual rule books. This is, there were just beta books for Infinity and Conan and, and Star Trek. So, you know, the books weren't out. Once the books are out and you can read them, um, yeah, they're better. But Actor Cthulhu is definitely, that's the, I think if I was from the outside looking at 2D20 and I didn't have a particular setting I wanted to play, I just wanted to get into the system, to me, Actor Cthulhu is that midpoint that I'd be uh, looking to start yeah. with. Except you can't buy the books yet. Say what? <laughs> you can't buy the books yet. No, not yet. They're, they're on pre-order. And <laughs> things like, I'll have to wait until, I'm going to guess... I'll get my Auction Cthulhu book sometime in July of this year, is my guess. I Dune will probably show up in my game store, probably hopefully about the same time. I think. Yeah, this is the downside for you guys. That for me, because I'm in the UK, I can pre-order the court of the rule books, and when I pre-order the rule books, I get the PDFs of the of the book straight away. Which oh, I get them too, but oh, I want the physical thing. Oh yeah, I sorry, want... but yeah, then I know it's whereas. Well, I don't know because. I know in America, I think the shipping's quite expensive. So if you want to get it from a local store, then you have to get the PDF separately. And they don't tend to release those both at the same time. So, you know, I had the June PDF way before it appeared on, on drive-thru. And I'm not sure 
like the, I'm pretty sure the Fallout and the Acting Cthulhu PDFs aren't on drive through at the moment, but you can get them yeah, off. Um, you can get them off uh, Modifius because I ordered the book. So, yeah, I got my June book yesterday. Completely unrelated, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. No, me. it's very much related. But you said earlier that it's still in a shrink wrap. So it either is. either you haven't had time, or you're you're holding it up as some kind of talisman. You're never going to unwrap. It's going to sit yes. there and be perfect. I mean, it will get unwrapped at some point. Um, yeah, it's mostly because I I haven't had time. June will probably get played around when the film comes out. I can just see the Makes film sense. will come out and all of a sudden my two players will be like, let's play June. And that's when we'll play June. And then after that, then uh, you had a clever spin-off idea for that yesterday. Yeah, I just, I thought of this last night. Now I am not, again, this is maybe like my heresy over not liking Call of Cthulhu as a game. I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. <gasps> uh, yeah, no, really. I read the first book and... I, I thought it was good. And then by the time I was about two thirds the way through the third book, I wanted to find George R.R. R. R. Martin and beat him with his books <laughs> because I, I think he's a terrible storyteller and, and an awful human being. But that's a whole nother episode. I got so, and I, I can't watch the, the miniseries. It's just, oh, I feel like, like if I were 13, if I were 13, I would really like that show a lot, but I am not. Uh, so, but I thought, oh my goodness, Dune and the houses and the politics and combat and warfare, you could just port that in and, and have Game of Thrones. Or yeah. if you're an old Birthright uh, fan, the Birthright setting from second edition, I think oh, it was yeah. second or first, whatever, ancient D&D, that could fit it too. Yeah. No, I think definitely the, the June's a good example of where we've been talking about combat. The, the combat in June is, is quite different. They've split it into different things. So there is rules in there for the dueling between two people because that's what happens in June. But then there's also rules for sort of skirmishes. So between maybe a unit of two of the different houses and and then there's like proper up straight up warfare rules. So the combat rules in there, they all work off the same system and they're still exactly everything we've just said. You are, there is an attacking role and then, you know, there might be, there's a defensive role. Um, and you're, you know, you're the same as everything else we've said. You're rolling against the target number. You you get momentum if you get more successes than the other person. Um, but then that's got this whole other layer of this side you're called assets built onto the top of it. But again, they've they've simplified it down for sort of the core, but then spread it out into lots of different little subsystems. So it's another great example of how they've made the combat system for that work for that property. Yeah. Before we close up here, I wanted to I wanted to give an example. I was thinking through over the last couple of days in preparation for this of a combat that I've either run or played, and I I've thought of one that really brings together a lot of the different things we've talked about. Not only how the combat system works, but how momentum and the the core mechanic works. Um, now, have you ever played Conan or run it? Uh, and yeah, I've, I've run it in sort of small amounts. Yeah. Okay. I had last, maybe it was the year before that. I don't know. It, was, it wasn't too long ago, but uh, not very recently. I was a player in a Conan game. And in very Conanian fashion, uh, our group needed some information from someone. This guy decided that we were going to do a, a nasty errand for him. Uh, and then he would give us the information. We had to go after, there was a, a, a box we had to, uh, obtained from this caravan that was in town. Long story short, you know, we had archers in the party. We had more melee-based characters in the party. The box was in this large wheeled 
wooden wagon, like a big tinker's wagon kind of thing. We found out that these, uh, these this wasn't just a caravan. These were, of course, vile cultists because you have to have those in Conan. And inside the wooden wagon was some like 20 foot long python that was some kind of item of worship because, again, it's Conan. <laughs> you know, the, the, the ranged combat rules of optimum range for, for different kinds of bows, that came into play as we were planning, like the, the, the tactical game plan we as players were putting together. That factored into it, which, which added some interest and wrinkles and challenges for us. Like, where do we put the archers so that they have the, mo- the best effect? We had built up some momentum beforehand so that we could... We would have extra dice to spend or dice to buy rather as part of this ruse that we were going to put on to get to get the melee characters close to the caravan because none of us we, we'd made these characters that were all killbots like none of them were particularly personable or tricky in an interpersonal manner so I'm like well we just need a lot of extra dice to do that so that came into into effect <laughs> and then finally when we snuck our our sneakiest roguelike character up to this um got up to the wagon when the fight started and the and the, the the distractions started he opened up the wagon and let the snake out so that he could get this box and then we spent momentum to create the snake as an advantage <laughs> a trait for the scene as the snake went after everybody around it which meant the cultists who were sitting around their campfires around this uh this box. So it was really cool to have these mechanical issues of the system that we used as mechanics to increase our likelihood of success. But we also used all of that to shape a story in the way that we thought would be cool. And we just thought it was it was quite funny to sick their their object of worship on them and have this snake just lose its lose its stuff and you know and 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 go around and attack the people that had been minding it as we made off with their box of treasure it was one of those things that actually afterward we all sat back we're like wow you know there are plenty of other systems you just can't do that in because of all the different things that momentum and then the what the gm did back to us with threat was able to do um, and then you mentioned it earlier, you know, the d- three different levels of NPCs that mm. most of them, the minions, the mooks, the whatever you want to call them, the fodder, they take one wound and they're down, which actually makes tracking lots of baddies really easy for a GM because you're not counting hit points for them or even counting so many hit like uh, damage when they're working in groups like Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I, we didn't mention it earlier, but I said that mooks have, you know, if they take a wound, they're out, but kind of like star wars you'll put mooks in a group together and say right so if this there's a group of three they're going to roll 3d20 when they're doing their action this group of four they roll four so all you're really tracking is how many in that group of so i have i haven't got eight goblins i've got two groups of four goblins and i'm treating them like that's a group of that's a that's that group of four is one entity and that group of four yep. is one entity which actually makes in a gm you can run battles with large amounts of baddies and, it, and it's not a massive chore. I always look for games that have mook rules. I think it goes way back to, there's a game called Feng Shui, and that was the first game I'd ever played that had, that had mook, literally was called mook rules. And so now whenever I'm playing a game that I want to be like, you know, there's going to be a bit of combat or it's going to be cinematic. I want those mook rules in it. Um, so ironically, one thing that fourth edition did well by having minions that only had one hit point, and then fifth edition has nothing like that. So um, yeah, you find yourself having to wade through crummy bad guys because I mean you could house rule it but you know they, they seem like a cool rule but uh, I don't know why they got rid of that yeah I agree 
I agree. I like the I like the ability to say this is a two dimensional NPC. Yeah, this is just a minor stumbling block. Whereas this guy is like the lieutenant or the sergeant, and here's the guy that you really need to worry about. Um, I like how they they differentiate that, and it does it. It makes it easy. You've got some NPCs that, yeah, they go down with one one solid hit, and some it might take two or three solid hits to take them down. Yeah, it makes a big difference when you go from having sort of a lot of the minion type guys to having so right, this is the big boss guy, and suddenly plays like ah, we can't just do a hit and he's going to go down. We're going to take some effort, and also we're going to have to we're going to have to burn through threat or momentum to even get decent hits on him. Um, so yeah, it does a good job of you can make NPCs a bit more lastable, uh, very very easily. Yeah, I agree. Well, anything else? Is there anything else that someone ought to know aside from download Octune Cthulhu? Uh, the, the 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 plate or the quick start to get your head around the combat system. Um, is there anything else that that someone would need or ought to know? I can't think of anything. Um, no, I think that, you know we've said already that the people have complained that you need special dice. Realistically, you don't. You can cope with a you know if you know that one is one and two and two are five and six are your your special things which also do a damage. You don't need the special if you can get hold of them then uh, it's, it's quite nice. I quite like my John Carter one because they're uh, in different colored sets and like funky colors. I bought, I bought some of the Star Trek ones. I bought more. I have five die 20s and I have, I think, six of the die sixes, but I only bought them because they were on sale. I'm just not a it. dice porn kind of person. I was at the, the UK, con, like the big convention that we have a couple of years ago and they just had, they had them in just, I could just reach in and just grab a handful. So I was mad. I managed to do that. So yeah, I did get a bunch of Star Trek ones. So I do have, I think I have enough red, blues, and red, blue, and yellow two D twenties, just D twenties, and then I also have a, yeah, I have a bunch of D sixes, which is cool because they do have the Star Trek logo on. Yeah, but I've never had a problem in any of these with with using the specialized dice. Like I'll use the Star Trek dice regardless of what yeah. setting of this I'm playing, just because. Yeah. But I've never had problems. Go. Oh, but what does the three stand for? It's like, dude, three and four mean nothing. That's easy. Yeah. No, I've never had an issue with it. I mean, the other thing I did is actually I when I when Conan came out, I couldn't I didn't buy any Conan dice of the Kickstarter and I didn't couldn't get any afterwards. I just bought some blank dice. I just ordered some blank dice off Amazon and I just drew on them with a Sharpie. There you go. It's genius. So like it's not, it's not even an issue. I didn't even think about that. So it's just yeah, it's like a, that genuinely that is a non-issue. If someone says to me, I cannot play these games because it uses two sets of dice, it's like, you know, you your basic fifth edition uses lots of different kinds of dice and there's people with like you know 20 sets of dice so that's, that's yeah and again right. to be clear this um, isn't like the star wars ffg and, dice yeah I, I think just don't don't be scared don't be put off yes we have different kinds of words for damage and things and yes there's different like we said meta currencies but it's like we've, we've said it already it plays better than it reads once you get playing and you get the hang of what's going on it's a lot of fun yeah well, cool. I'm going to tr- do my best then to, uh, I, hopefully next weekend, not this weekend, but uh, the last weekend in May, I'm trying to get some people together and I'm either going to do run a one-shot of Conan or Octum Cthulhu because I'm trying to convert people because I want to run this system. So wish <laughs> me luck in that. Yeah, good luck. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash 
Fluff and Crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much. 